time to take the next step with Looney Libis. Step 25. The Realities of Funding, Part 3, Investors. So for the past two weeks, we've been talking about the realities of funding, and I haven't yet told you how to go and talk to investors. Uh, and the reason is, investors these days are looking for something they call traction. They're looking for proof from the market that your solution works. And that proof can either take the form of a very large number of non-paying customers using your service. That would be a, a common path for an online service, especially one that might do a freemium model. But really, the best form of traction are paying customers. If you have customers that are buying what you're, what you're selling, and especially if they're willing to, to talk about that, they're willing to write up a, a, a paragraph or two or even one sentence saying, I love this product, I, I can't wait until it's, I, until, I can't wait to tell my friends about it. Well, once you have that, that's when investors start to get interested. They really don't want to take that risk that what you're building is not wanted in the market. So they're looking for, it's called traction. You'll hear that word a lot from investors. Now, investors come in a lot of different shapes and sizes, and the smallest of these, in terms of uh, money that gets moved around, are called angel investors. Now, angel investors, the definition of an angel investor is a rich person investing his or her own money. Right, that, that's it. That's the whole definition of angel investing. Uh, in the United States, there are regulations on who's allowed to be an angel investor. The regulations say you are an accredited investor. That's the term that's in the law. It says accredited. You are an accredited investor if you have a million dollars of net value, net worth, um, not counting your house, or if you earn $200,000 a year as an individual or $300,000 a year as a couple. And that's about it. If you pass those, those rules then you are accredited. There's no form to fill out. There's no test to take. There's no license to, to get. There's no card that says you're accredited. You just are. You're simply accredited. And that comes out to be 8 or 9 or 10% of all Americans, which is like 3 million people. It's not a small number of people. Unfortunately, most of those people don't actually do angel investing. The reason why is that most of those people didn't make their money in startups and don't understand startups. They're not entrepreneurs. They don't understand the first thing about what it takes to start a company. Uh, they're not listeners to this podcast. They don't read about startups. They don't know that at all. And so they just don't invest in that space. Of the people who are accredited, we don't know. Maybe it's one or two or 3% are angel investors. There's no registry. So we don't know how many people have done it. It's a small number. It's, it's probably hundreds of thousands of Americans and globally, it's probably a million, maybe two. That's it. So they're kind of hard to find unless you happen to have some friends who are rich angels who then know friends who are rich angels and so forth. It's, it's a networking problem. All right, now within the angel investing community, within all the angels there are, there are a bunch of different types of angels. So at any given time, there's always people who are brand new to this, who, who have never written a check before but want to, or have written one or two, but don't really know what they're doing yet. And it's a topic that on the on their side, in their shoes, if you put yourself back in their shoes, it's a it's a hard topic for them to learn too. Uh, you know, I, I don't know of a podcast or a book that teaches how to be an angel investor. There are some books of some of my friends of mine have written books about investing, but they don't walk those people through the steps it takes to be an investor. And even when they try and do that, 
it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to learn. And you learn by investing with other people. So you become a sophisticated angel investor by co-investing with other angel investors until you feel comfortable. And that could be three investments or five investments. It could be 10, and you may never get there. And speaking of never getting there, this is a good time to mention lead investors and follower investors. So there's a difference there. And, and this difference shows up not just in angels, but in funds as well. And, and we'll get to funds in a bit. So a lead investor is the investor who, set, who not only says, I like this investment, but is somebody who steps forward and says, I'm going to dig in and do due diligence, is what it's called. I'm going to dig in myself and find out if, if I'm right that this is a good investment. That's checking your legal documentation, you know, sitting down for a few hours and asking questions of the founders, meeting the team, maybe doing a site visit, talking to customers, talking to team members, right? digging in and finding out for real if this is a good idea and a good investment. So a lead investor will be willing to do that. The lead investor will be willing to negotiate the terms of the investment. We'll get to that eventually. Uh, and the lead investor often will go and use their social capital to go and find some more investors. And those other investors that are following along are just called follower investors, right? Not non-lead investors or just investors. And most of them will never lead a deal in their entire life. Leading an investment is something above and beyond what most angels do. It's, so it's an even smaller subset. And the flaw you're going to find, or the, the next catch-22 you might, you might find, is you might find an angel investor who says this is a good idea, but they're not a lead. And they're not going to write you a check until you have the rest of the investors you need. And they're not going to help you yeah, in any significant way find those investors. So now you've got a, a it's almost a catch-22. You found an investor, but they won't invest yet. It's a frustrating period of time. There's a lot of frustrations in raising money. All right, so that's one piece of, of angels. There's the, the ones that are new and the ones that are leaders. There's also some angels out there that are professionals that all they do, their job is to be angel investors. They're even rarer than the lead investors. On the West Coast of the U.S. where I live, we call those super angels. On the East Coast, that term means something else. And then... There's something that looks and feels like a venture capital fund, but is often called a seed fund. And it, it is, in fact, a venture capital fund, except that it invests like an angel would. And an angel in the U.S. will typically write a check of $25,000 or $50,000. Right? So when they say, this is a good idea, I like it, and I'm willing to invest, the, the, the normal size check that will be written is either $25,000 or $50,000, on a rare occasion somewhere in between when needed. If it's a brand new investor, they may say, can I invest $10,000? Which, yeah, you say yes to, but it's not a whole lot of money. And I've even seen smaller checks. I've seen people pool together $5,000 checks to, to raise some money. But again, the normal size check is, is $25,000 or $50,000. There are richer people who write a $100,000 check or $200,000 or $250,000 or half million dollar check. Right? They do come in different sizes. But again, the, the typical size is, is $25,000 or $50,000. And I'm repeating that over and over because it is important to know. And the seed funds, they're a little bit bigger. But some of them write checks of $25,000 and some do twenty-five dollars or fifty, dollars And some will get all the way up to maybe $250,000, but not bigger than that. So they kind of play in the same space as angel investors, except they are professionals, as are all venture capitalists. 
they're investing usually other people's money, but not always. Sometimes it's it's one guy. Um, often it's it's a male dominated field. Uh, it's usually one guy and a few of his friends might form a seed fund. And so when you're out there looking, this is a good place to start. You're looking for angel investors to just get some, we call this momentum, get some momentum going and some interest going in raising money for your company. Some people to say yes, who in reality won't write checks until more people say yes. Now, the good news for you is that angels tend to hang around in groups. Uh, and there are in the U.S., something on the order of a thousand angel groups. And an angel group is often not a not an or, not a formal organization. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's a nonprofit, sometimes it's a for-profit, but often they're just kind of casual organizations that get together eight, 10, 12 times a year, often once a month, with summers off, winters off, right? So that's how it comes to about eight times a year, maybe 10. Usually they meet at lunch, and, and over lunch, they'll invite in somewhere between one and five startups. Usually it's two or three. So two or three startups get to pitch in front of the whole group. But everybody in that group, everybody in the audience is just themselves an individual angel investor investing their own money when they feel like it. There's no commitment to invest together. When one of them says yes, it doesn't mean anyone else will, will potentially say yes. This comes again back to lead investors. So if if somebody is one of the leaders in the angel group and they say yes, often more people will follow them. The angel groups exist for a few reasons. One, it's the place where angels learn how to be angel investors, often, right? Because there are other angels around. Two, it's a place for angels to deal with the deal flow. That's the term of all the startups that want to get funded at any given time. And so the angel groups will get maybe 20 or 30 or even 40 companies that want to pitch in any given lunch, and they'll narrow it down to two or three, right? And again, sometimes four, sometimes five, but some very small number get to pitch, way, way smaller than the number that want to pitch. And then the last thing that angel groups do as a group is they'll usually do the due diligence together. Because again, most angels don't feel like they can ask every good question that needs to get asked. They don't know every sector. They don't understand every type of business. But collectively, they have a much better chance of finding the flaws. So what they'll do is, after you pitch, if they like you, they'll set up a due diligence meeting, usually the following week. And a few of the investors that are interested will show up, and they'll start pummeling you with questions. And if you can get through that, then the, some of them will say they'll invest, usually with the caveat that they'll invest when you have found the rest of the money that you're looking for. And what I mean by that, well, if you're raising the, the, the normal amount of money to raise right now in the United States for a startup is a half a million dollars. You, you see that number more often than not. Uh, and just be clear, uh, when I see $500,000 as a fundraising amount, I assume that the entrepreneurs have done no homework, they have a, a rough business plan, no financial model, and they just made up the number. So what you should do to be better than them is do your financial model and come up with a number that's not exactly $500,000. Make you stand out, because I'm sure I'm not the only investor who's been thinking this. Anyway, so if you're raising $480,000 and the uh, angel group collectively across, you know, let's just say four investors at $25,000 a piece says, well, we're all interested. So that's $100,000. When you have found the other $380,000, let us know. We'll write you the checks, right? We'll close the deal. That's what, what you call it. So how do you find these angel groups? Well, 
uh, Google probably can find you most of them. Uh, here in Seattle, where I live, there's uh, about 10 angel groups at the moment. Uh, over in Boston, I hear there's about 25. Down in the Bay Area, there's not as many. Down in the Bay Area, they do more seed funds than angel groups. But you'll find angel groups in every major city in the U.S., and you'll find angel groups in most major cities in the world. And the nice part about angel groups is that you can just reach out to them straight up. You don't need an introduction. You can just send them a cold email and say, I I discovered you exist. I'm raising money. I'd love to pitch your group. But what you should do, I'd love to pitch your group when I'm ready. Is there a member or two that would like to help coach me on how best to do that? And so this is one of the, the popular aphorisms in this world is that if you're looking for money, ask for advice. And if you're looking for advice, ask for money. So remember, angel groups are a collection of individual angels. Some of those people are going to be well experienced. Some of those people that are well experienced are going to want to help startups. One reason why angels invest is to help startups. And so if you can get in front of them face to face, show them your your idea, get some coaching from them on how to pitch better, your odds of getting funded by that angel group go up. And most importantly, if they like you, if they're the ones that are telling their screening committee, if they're not on the screening committee, if they're telling their screening committee, I met this entrepreneur, I think he or she is great, they listen to coaching really well, Um, I think we should put them on the stage, well, the odds of them then saying in the room, I've met them, I like them, we should do due diligence on them, that goes up. And if this is one of the experienced people in the room, then some of the followers will listen. Uh, Investors like to follow other investors. And so if you can do that, your odds of getting enough money out of this group go way up as well. So stepping back for a second, I said angels invest because they like to help startups. Well, let's, let's dive into that for a second. Why exactly do these angels invest in startups? So for some of them, a very small number of them, they are themselves entrepreneurs and they're paying it forward. They want to help the next wave of entrepreneurs, right? They made their money on their startup. And so one of the things kind of kind of think of it as philanthropy, one of the things they want to do to help the world is to help the next wave of entrepreneurs. So that's one, one reason, but actually a really small reason outside of Silicon Valley. Most angels do this because it's fun, because it's a much more exciting way to make some money, and they do want to make money. So they're doing it to make money, but it's a more fun way to make money than investing in the public stock market. It's way more fun than buying bonds. It's got some more ups and downs, but it's more exciting than real estate. And it really is one way for these, again, you have to be a high net worth individual. You have to be a rich person to, to be an angel investor in the U.S. So it's one way for them to live vicariously in startup life without having to actually do the work. And as you know, it is a whole lot of work to start a startup. And so they get to have at least the ups, right? They'll deal with the downs. And so they get to share whenever there's a great bit of news. Not only do they get to share it, they get to tout it with their friends at the cocktail parties and the dinners and whatnot. Hey, did I tell you I invested in this company? It does blah, blah, blah. And last week, oh my God, it got this huge customer. So it adds to their social capital if there's a big success. And if it's a failure, they just don't talk about it. And if it's a failure, well, angels are investing with money they can lose. Uh, Except for the professional angel investors, most angel investors are doing it with their play money. They're doing it with the 5 or 10% of their their net worth that they can afford to lose. 
And that's a big difference between angels and venture capitalists, where venture capitalists are investing other people's money. But we're out of time for this week, so next week we'll jump into venture capital. Until then.